Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Eliminate Student Ministries. Listen as Pastor Paul speaks on submitting to the process. All right, let's let's go to a pointer from Paul. Pointer from Paul. Um, Spencer, I'm actually not going to do the one I, I talked about. I, I kind of switched it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I basically said it. Um, no, so here's my pointer, um, and I and I need a uh, I need a volunteer, babe. Hey, Chloe, come here. All right, tell me about your day. Right now. Yeah. I have hung out with a toddler and a two-week-old person all day. Who'd you hang out with? Oakland and Norm. Okay, how'd it go? All right, thanks. Do you see how um, uninvolved that was? Yeah, 100%. Do you feel awkward? Yeah. Do you guys think, dear Lord, what is he doing? Put your phone away. Like, your wife is talking to you. Why don't you pay attention? Um, I, have a, I have a really bad habit of doing that at home. I come home from like a long day at work or whatever, and I'll just be on my phone. And she'll be saying, I'm like, what? Huh? And then I have to intentionally put my phone away. It would be foolish of us to think that the same does not apply to our relationship with the Father. If you can say, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. Let your spirit overwhelm me. Let your passion name. If he comes in and talks to your face, are you going to even see him? Just make a, not even a bold decision. Just let your yeas be yeas and your nays be nays. Let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes. If you're going to say, I want to know you, put your phone down. You're never going to see him if you're just self-involved. Like, so you can say all the time, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. But then we're together and it's like, wait, like if he like stepped in, would you even notice? And that's not to like harp on anyone, but um, there's just, you know, you sit in the back sometimes and you're just like, yes, let's go. And then you just look up front and then you see everyone with the illuminated face. It's <laughs> like, Wait, what are they doing? <laughs> like, do they not understand what's happening? Like, um, so if you say you want to know him, but then when you're in an opportunity where his tangible presence is here and you're like this, you've kind of just played your, your heart. Like you've laid your cards out and I, you may not want to know him because he's just showing himself strong and you're just what? Okay. So, um, once again, not mandating that you put your phone away, but if you want to know him, put your phone away. Dear Lord, like that's, that's the least you can do. Um, cool, that's my pointer. Let's do it. All right, to start off, I have a few blonde jokes. Now, now before we get into it, they're blonde men jokes. Okay, so a lot, a lot of times, a lot of times these blonde jokes they they harp on the ladies, but these 
they harp on the men, all right? Joel, is he blonde? Oh, all right. All right, so here, here, I got a few jokes for you. You ready? All right. So a friend told a blonde man, Christmas is on Friday this year. The blonde man said, well, let's hope it's not the 13th. Okay. All right. Christmas is always on the 25th, guys. If you didn't get it, you may be blonde. Um, I'm just kidding. Oh, all right. Two blonde men find three grenades and they, def- and they decide to take them to the police station. One asks, what if one explodes before we get there? The other said, we'll lie and say we only found two. Yeah. You want me to... <laughs> two blonde men find three grenades and they decide to take them to the police station. One of them asks, what if one explodes before we get there? The other said, we'll lie and just say we found two. They'll be dead. If one goes off, they'll be dead. Like, okay, Here, here's another one for you. This, this, this one got me good. I, I love this one. Um, a blonde man uh, sees a letter on his doormat. On the letter, it says, do not bend. And he spends the next two hours trying to figure out how to pick it up. <laughs> uh, Guys, all right, here's another one. A blonde man is on the phone with his doctor and he shouts, my wife is pregnant and her contractions are only two minutes apart. And the doctor asks calmly, is this her first child? And he responds, no, this is her husband. All right, a blonde man is driving home drunk as a skunk, he's drunk as can be. And suddenly he has to swerve to miss a tree and then another tree and then another tree. And then a cop pulls him over and the man tells him about all the trees in the road. And the cop says, that's your air freshener swinging on your mirror. (laughs) All right, two, two more and then we're out of it. Two more and then we're out of it. All right. A blonde man, a, a blonde man's dog goes missing and he's frantic. The wife says, why don't you put an ad in the paper? And he does. But two weeks later, the dog is still missing. And she asks, what did you put in the paper? And the man says, here boy, here boy. Oh. <laughs> All right, this one's a little, um, we'll, we'll just, <laughs> it's probably not super appropriate, but. I don't care. We're going to do it anyways. A blonde man is in jail and the guard sees him hanging by his feet. The guard says, what are you doing? The man says, I'm hanging myself. And the guard guard says, well, it should be around your neck. And the man responds, well, I tried that, but then I couldn't breathe. (laughs) All right. So that's good. That's some good stuff. All right, can you guys see this board? All right. So tonight, I wanna talk to you about something that I feel like if you could learn this in your teen years, um, 
I don't even want to say you'll, your life will be better or you'll avoid heartache or whatever, but I feel like if you can get this in your teen years, you'll develop a proper perspective of the father and yourself as a son and daughter more uh, than you do already. And if you've already mastered this, um, just get on up to heaven because you're above everyone else. Um, so I, I don't know if anyone has like mastered this concept, but if you can, if you can narrow the, uh, the time that it takes to get to this place rather than hanging out and, oh my God, what's happening land? I think uh, you'll have a better understanding about who you are in the father and who the father is to you. Okay, you ready? All right, so I wanna talk to you tonight about submitting to the process. Ooh, you like that? Yeah, Tayshawn liked it. He gave me a little clap on his knee. All right, all right, submitting to the process. How many of you guys um, have no idea what that means? Awesome, that's amazing. You're gonna know by the end of tonight. I'm doing this to cover up my pit stains. They're a little, a little wet. All right. Um, who's so cute? Oh, thanks. Hey guys, she thinks I'm cute. Oh, thank you. Here we go. All right, here we go. 30 minutes on the timer. Let's go for it. All right, before every promise, guys on the phones, you with me? All right, before every promise, there's a process. Before every process, there's an invitation. So we're just gonna start with there. Before every promise, there is a process. And before every process, there's an invitation. Okay, so my penmanship is horrible, but can you read that? You got it? Awesome. All right. How many of you guys feel like the Father has given you uh, promises in your life. Yeah? Okay. Let me just tell you this. The invitation to the promise where you think it's like, hey, the Father's going to give me this. Simultaneously, the invitation to a promise is the invitation to a process. Simultaneously. You cannot have one without the other. The invitation will always produce a process which should produce in you the ability to carry the promise. And, and, and we'll get to that in just a second. So uh, just a few little nuggets for you before we get going, okay? Um, so bypassing process. So if you do this and you go straight to here, bypassing process makes you unworthy and ungrateful to carry the promise. Oh my gosh, you like that, okay? Bypassing process makes you unworthy and un, um, what's the word I said? Ungrateful to carry the promise. Uh, and just to kind of put the nail in this coffin too, 
I'm just kind of getting all these out of the way before we get into the scripture for this. There's a difference between striving and earning promise and being developed to carry the promise and it's maturity to know the difference. There's, there's some things in the kingdom which are imparted, which is where you had it at one, you didn't have it at one moment and then the Holy Spirit downloads it and it's just given. These are like gifts. So like prophecy, tongues, interpretation, you didn't have it. And then there's an impartation of the Holy Spirit and then you have it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so there's gifts that are imparted, but then there's promises that are developed through maturity that you behold, that don't come with just this, oh, great, I've got it. They come through a process and it's maturity to know that I'm not working to earn this, but the Holy Spirit is like putting me in a wine press to create in me the fortitude to carry the promise. You with me? That's a lot, probably in the first five minutes, um, four minutes and 30 something seconds, but um, we're gonna, we're gonna get it. All right, you with me? Awesome. All right, so let's go to Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Uh, This is the baptism of Jesus and I'm in the NASB. Uh, I don't know if I'm in the 95 or 2020, but we'll find it out. We're switching that over this week, right, Elias? Yes, awesome. Uh, Elias and Nisi got added to our staff group me. Uh, yeah, uh, in the past couple weeks, because um, Elias, Nisi, and Isaac have taken over the production at the church, uh, which is amazing. I don't even touch production at all anymore. Like, it's, it's, it's freaking incredible. Um, but but we have a staff meeting every Monday, and then on that staff meeting, we have a notes like. Of, of just the minutes that we've gone over. And it's like, hey, this is your assignments for the weekend. He's got to put new uh, Bibles in. Did you know the Bible changes, <laughs> apparently? <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we've been, yeah, you see like, you see on Sunday morning, we're like pastors reading out of NASB and it says NASB, but it's like different because there's NASB 1995 and then there's NASB 2020. Apparently it changed over what, 25 years? Um, yeah, and just up to the end of the language. But anyways, uh, I'm in the NESP. Uh, Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. This is John the Baptist. But John tried to prevent him saying, I have the need to be baptized by you, yet you are coming to me. But Jesus answering said to him, allow it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After he was baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending as a dove and settling upon him. And behold, a voice from the heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. How many of you guys have heard that scripture before, right? Okay, it's very prolific scripture. It's what, I mean, it's kind of just what we talk about. It's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, okay? Um, It's amazing. So at this point, In Jesus's life, he has spent three decades in hiding, so to speak. We good? Awesome. He spent three decades in hiding, not doing any public miracles. He hasn't been released into his ministry, into his promise yet. And we'll see that this isn't really even his promise, but he spent three decades patiently waiting. And then the father releases him. And then Jesus goes to get baptized by John, who's his cousin right? 
Okay, what happens immediately after that? Who, who knows kind of the story? What happens immediately after he gets baptized and then he comes up out of the water, except for you, Ghislaine, except, yeah. Um, what do you got, Jensen? Okay, what happens after that? We haven't read it yet. I'm just saying, if, I'm just wondering if you guys know. Okay, you wanna know? You're kind of itching now, aren't you? You're like, oh my gosh, what does happen? <laughs> like, does he go eat like a steak? Or like, <laughs> what's the deal? Okay, so immediately after, let's go to John, John, Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. Say the Spirit. The Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. I think that's funny. After he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, then, then he became hungry. I'd be on like hour two. Lord, you got a granola bar around here or something? Like, I'm getting kind of hungry. Like, yeah, I'm the bread of life. I'm just going to eat my pinky. Like, what? So after 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter, a.k.a. Satan, uh, and the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Oh, dear. But on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him along to the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you. On their hands, they will lift you up so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. He's actually quoting scripture to him right here. Um, and Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him along to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Excuse me. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, go away, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil left him and behold, angels came and began to serve him or minister to him. Is that what it says? And then we came to, yeah, come on, see? Oh, hold it up. Like this? Oh, is it crackling? Oh, see, I'm so far out of the production world. I didn't even notice. My, yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> Maybe I just have hearing loss. Um, so here's what I think is crazy. Don't miss the details in this. Um, as soon as Jesus was baptized, golly, he gets the approval of the father. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he finds himself being led by the spirit Hey, guys on the phones, are we taking notes? Are we taking pictures or... Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. And then he, he finds himself being led by the spirit into the wilderness for process. Okay. How many of you guys have ever found yourself like in a desert in a like, Oh God, this is such a dry place. Yeah. Like it's like, wow, this is not where I thought I would be. And how many of you guys have had this thought or prayer being like, God, deliver me from this desert. Would you just bring an oasis? And he's saying, I sent you there. Like he was, he got the approval of the father and immediately he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Immediately the invitation came and he immediately went into process. Okay. Um, 
Because here's the thing, there are things that will break off of you in the process that will crush, the, that will crush you if you get the promise prematurely. There are things that will break off of you. I'll say it again because I think you need to hear it. There, will things, there are things that will break off of you when you submit to the process that if aren't dealt with, will crush you if you get the promise. The promise will actually crush you if you don't get these things broken off you in the process. So it's the mercy of God to send us into the wilderness, to send us to the process. All right, cool. I'm doing, doing all right. Um, so this is what I thought was really interesting. Um, you ever just, you remember the show, What If? Remember the show, it came out like a year ago. Um, okay. So I, I like to do that with uh, scripture too. Like, what if this happened? Like, what would have happened? So um, what if Jesus didn't go through the process? What if Jesus did this? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Boom, let's go straight to ministry, okay? Was that me? Oh, that was you, okay. What if he just does this and he bypasses this? Let's say three and a half years, three years go by and then he's up on the cross, okay? He doesn't have the fortitude that was created in him in, in this process, in this 40 days. And so when he's up on here and the people are mocking him and he's on the cross and he said, if this is really the son of God, he could just come off of this cross. And so if he doesn't go through this process where the enemy tempts him ahead of time and says, hey, why don't you throw yourself off and the angels will lift you up. If he doesn't go through that and that sort of urge doesn't break off of him, when he gets to here, he says, all right, bet. Michael, Gabriel, come get me. And he jumps down and then what happens? He refutes the promise because he didn't submit to the process. And obviously this is hyperbole and uh, as the Johnny Depp trial says, hearsay, you know, um, because, you know, we, we don't know. Um, hearsay, do you guys see the video where he says hearsay to his own question? Yeah. Oh God, but you asked the question. He's like, oh, okay. Anyways, what a dummy. All right. So that, I mean, that's my question. If, if Jesus didn't go through the process of the wilderness, would he be so resolved on the cross a couple years later? I don't know, but I'm thankful that he went through the process so that when he can just stay here up on the cross and while they're mocking and he has every right and every ability to say, all right, yeah, come and get me. He still stays not stagnant, but resolved in, in his decision to bring forth the promise, right? Okay, so... Um, so Jesus is in the wilderness. I'm just coming back to my little marker. Okay, you're with me. Jesus is in the wilderness. Oh, here's a little tip for you. You ready for this? Um, when you're reading scripture, when you see someone is in the wilderness, here's just kind of a blanket statement. Um, you can go ahead and assume that they're in a process. The wilderness I don't wanna say every time because that's a loaded statement, but the wilderness will 99% of the time equate to a process of some sort, okay? So um, Jesus is being in the wilderness and he's going through a process where um, the systems of man are really being stripped off of him. 
And, and you, this is what I love about um, scripture. And it, it doesn't tell you what he's doing through those 40 days. It just says, hey, he went to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and he didn't eat. And then on the 40th day, he got hungry. Like, okay. Um, but what happened in those 40 days? I mean, I have to assume that he's like toiling this out with the father. And it's almost like, I don't know why it's 40 days. Maybe it took 40 days for Jesus to get this resolute. All right, deal. Like send him on. You can send the enemy now because I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like I've, I've been processed. I can handle it. Let's go for it. I don't know why it took 40 days. I, maybe, it, I don't know, but uh, there's some processes that take longer. If you think about the children of Israel, how long were they in a wilderness? 40 years because they couldn't submit to the process and an entire generation had to die. Huh? Oh, oh yeah. And an entire generation had to die because they didn't know how to submit to the process. But anyway, so anyway, so he's in the wilderness, all this stuff's happening. This is moments after the approval of the father has come. So if you don't have the proper perspective, you'll think that God has handed you over to your adversary. What happens if when the invitation comes that, hey, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. All right, go to the wilderness and get your butt kicked maybe a little bit. And you, and you don't understand your identity as a son and a daughter and you'll find yourself with literally the onslaught of hell coming against you and you're gonna cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because you don't have a proper perspective as a son. But if you know that, hey, my dad just approved of me and the Holy Spirit has led me here and it's not comfortable, but I know he's got my back. This is just a process. And so I'm gonna dig, dig my heels in and I'm gonna submit and I'm gonna get out on the other side, more refined, stronger, and able to carry the promise that I know is coming, okay? So I just wanna, here's a little bit of encouragement for you. If you feel like you're in a process and you're in a desert and you're in this, God, I don't know why there's this crushing and this pruning, um, and it doesn't, even if it feels, um, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but that's all right. Um, well, we'll go there in a second. If you, ah, I don't need it, just leave it. Um, anyways, we'll get to this in a second. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, but if you view things as a son and a daughter, you see every adversity as an opportunity for process and refinement. So if you don't have the proper perspective of a son, you see abandonment. But if you know who you are as a son and a daughter, you see trajectory and you see process, okay? So orphans see rejection and abandonment. Sons and daughters see setups and trajectories. So let's go on to literally verse 12. We just finished verse 11, just a few minutes ago. So uh, it said, then the devil left him and behold, angels came and began to serve or minister to him. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody, he withdrew into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he came and settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. I don't know, sorry. Um, this happened so that, uh, so that what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet will be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun and the land of In, uh, by the way of the sea and on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee and the Gentiles, the people who were sitting in darkness saw great light and those who were sitting in the dark and shadow of death upon them a light dawned. For that time, Jesus began to preach, say began, yeah. began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. All right. And the Holy Spirit leads him into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He's being sent through a process. He comes out 
on the other side of the process immediately steps into purpose, immediately steps into ministry. All these things are bam, bam, bam. It, it's not just happenstance. Um, we, we've talked about this in the past that some things, um, like a lot of things in the kingdom aren't very, um, like you, could, you can't put an equation to it, you know, like, God, I'll give you $10 and you give me 20 back. Like there, there's not a lot of that in scripture. This is one of them though. If there's an invitation, you can bet your bottom dollar, you're gonna be sent through a process. And if you submit to the process, you'll come out and you'll fulfill promise. You'll, you'll lay hold of promise, I guarantee it, okay? So maturity sticks this out. Immaturity says on day three, I'm hungry. Okay, we're just gonna go back here. Hey, this is my beloved son who my well please? Let's try it again. I'm thirsty. Okay, all right. I don't have a bed. You know what? I mean, whatever you want to say. I'm uncomfortable. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. Why won't he talk to me? Here's a little story for you. Chloe and I went through a process uh, multiple times, jacked it up a few times, nailed it the last time, obviously, because we came out on the other side and got some promise. Um, uh, long story short. Chloe and I had to go through a process of not talking to each other for a certain amount of time because we had become so like, not even like codependent, but just like, you're my all in all. Oh, I want everything about you. Let me just tell you, your husband and your wife will never be your all in all. The whole like, oh, she's my other half. Get it out of your language. She's not your other half. You are a whole person who is wholly sold out to the Lord and in him, you have completeness. So it's two whole people coming together. Your wife, your husband will never complete you, never. But we were on this train of like, oh, you complete me. And the Lord in his kindness said, hey, there's a real opportunity for you guys. Like we didn't see it at this point, but the Lord saw us here together. I mean, we couldn't be doing what we're doing now if, if we didn't do this. So the Lord sees promises and says, hey, there's an invitation for you guys, but it's gonna cost you a little bit. It's gonna be a little uncomfortable. So a couple times we, we would start the process and then you know what would happen? Oh, I really miss her. A little text message. I miss you. Shut it down. Oh God. If I could, <laughs> if, I, if we were smart, we would have just like gotten new phones or whatever, but um, <laughs> new number, who dis? Um, but really? Well, you didn't do a good job. Um, oh, so everyone give it up for Hannah. It's for Hannah that we're here. <laughs> well, I didn't have anyone to have my phone. I was alone by myself in an apartment. Um, amen, come on. But anyway, so th there were a couple times where like we would start this process of like, all right, we need to take a step back. We need to understand who we are in Christ on our own and be like solidified in that. And then, you know, I miss you. Oh, I miss your hugs. Oh, or something. You want to go Black Friday shopping? That was the worst, absolute worst. Yeah, because nothing bad ever happened hanging out at 4 a.m. with someone that you're sexually attracted to at 17 years old. Yeah, that's a great recipe. Dear God. So that's why we're not doing lockouts anymore. Um, I'm just kidding. 
No, no. Anyways, um, but eventually, so, so we kept coming back in this. I mean, and, and Michael and Johanna as our witness, we, we came back to this probably three or four times. I remember sitting in, in their living room being like, why, why do we keep finding ourselves back here? And Michael just so eloquently, well, you're here. And then you said, no, and came back to here. So you'll never get here and just in the kindest way. And it was like, it's like I was doing this. What? I don't understand. Like just being a dummy. Um, anyway, so, but, but there came a point, there came a point where, and it, where it didn't become about her. It became about, cause the, the promise wasn't this. This isn't the promise. Let me just tell you, your marriage, I'm taking this off because I'm getting hot. All right, your marriage isn't the promise. Because here's the thing. What happens if your wife or husband die? Okay, let's do that. What happens if your spouse decides to have infidelity, they cheat on you and leave you? Does that mean the promise leaves with them? No, the promise is being so wrapped up in the person of Christ and that he becomes your bridegroom and you're his bride that then two people come together in in this union to seek after him. That's the promise. This isn't the promise, but this, that's the promise. Okay, so you just got to get proper perspective. Anyways, how much time do I have? Six minutes. Let's zoom through it. Okay. So many of you are in processes right now. Uh, everyone is in a process at some point because we, none of us have fulfilled every promise that the Lord has spoken over us, okay? So here's a little uh, tip for you. You ready? If you're writing something down, write this down. You're writing this down, Rogi? Okay, I don't know. I just, I feel like we just need to know this, you know? You ready? Okay, cool. You with me? Okay, cool. If you haven't received the promise, that you feel like he's promised you, where are you? Oh, say it a little bit louder for the boys in the back. Oh, you in the process. Oh, you find yourself right here. Okay, okay. You rocking that ponytail. Okay, you guys know that video? Your back of your head is ridiculous. You ever seen that? No, do you know what I'm talking about, John? Oh my gosh, wow. Maybe it was like a really small niche of, yeah, it's, it's like six months. I don't know if it's appropriate, but if it's appropriate, I'll show it next week. But anyways, um, it's not on MySpace. Oh my gosh. I think it was on, what was it, Mad TV? It wasn't on SNL, but anyways. Um, oh girl, my hand is ridiculous. But okay, so if you feel like God has given you a promise and you aren't holding that promise yet, you're in the process, okay? So here, here's the important thing. How you handle process will determine when and how you enter the promise. How you handle this will determine how fast you get to hear and in what nature you get to hear as well. There are so many people that die here because they don't fully submit to the process. Um, Process looks a lot like breaking pride and arrogance off your life. 
that is a huge process. Because here's the thing, if you're ever gonna lead people, and if that's a promise, like, hey, the Lord said I'm gonna be a speaker, the Lord says I'm gonna be a pastor, the Lord, like all this stuff, whatever, or I'm gonna be a great businessman, whatever, and you have arrogance and pride and strive in your life, the Lord is gonna take you through a process in his kindness to humble you so that you can carry this effectively, okay? So when it hurts, that's a good thing. Uh, I love what um, Bill Johnson says. He says, when we read scriptures, don't just glance over the parts that kind of hurt a little bit and be like, oh, let's just go to like to the feel good stuff. For God so loved the world and then he gave us. Let's just, let's just stay there for a minute. No, but what about whoever gives up his life for my sake will find it. Like those verses need to cut and they need to hurt. They need to bring like this holy, that hurts like so good because what that does is it produces in you a maturity to carry promise, okay? You with me? Is it making sense? Okay. Um, So God is too good to give you promises that he knows will crush you. Because there's, there's a certain like weightiness that comes with fulfilled promise. And, and I'm being very generic when I talk about promise because um, I don't wanna just get it like, the promise is X. And if you're not feeling X, like then this doesn't apply to you. But the Lord, I mean, show of hands, how many of you guys like, you, you've got something in your head right now of like, hey, there's a promise that I know the Lord has promised me, okay? Okay, how many of you guys um, would say even, and I'm not saying like this was, has been like all illuminating um, for you, but how many of you guys would say like up until understanding process, you're being a little frustrated with the Lord? I know I was being like, God, like, why isn't this happening? Like, why, why can't I do this? Um, here's another story for you. Um, I was back at Freedom House, OG baby, uh, with Josh Ayers back in the day. Um, and, um, I, I had played piano for, for forever. I, I started playing piano when I was five years old. And so like, it was my, like my primary instrument. It's where I started. It's where I really began to fall in love with music. And then from there, literally 10 years later, I picked up the guitar at like 14 and 15 years old. Um, but I was at this church and they just had me on guitar. They had me muted in the house. Like, if that's not a process, I don't know what is. Like, come on. Like, why are you really doing? I'm, I, but I'm, I'm kind of joking, but I'm being serious because I had, I had a conversation with the Lord of being like, God, like, this is pointless. Like, I'm literally showing up for, I'm the first person there on Sunday morning. I'm beating the worship pastor there. I'm waiting for her to unlock the door so I can go in and set up because I wanna come in with excellence and I wanna be prepared. I'm setting all my mics up. I'm setting my amp up. I'm going in there and I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm gung-ho about it and they're muting me in the house. For those of you that don't know uh, tech language, it literally means that like, no one can hear me. I, it's like I'm playing air guitar up there. And they've just like turned my volume like all the way down. I can do whatever I want to look cool. But, but here's the thing. I asked the Lord, I was like, this is pointless. Like, why am I showing up? Why am I waking up at seven o'clock on a Sunday morning to just 
literally go through the motions. I don't want to go through the motions, but I feel like I'm being forced to go through the motions. Like what's happening? All right, shut up. Can you give me a little bit more time? Is that all right? Okay. Um, I feel like I'm going through the motions and, and the Lord had to take me through this, say it with me, process of understanding what my playing was doing. And so that's why like now to these young whippersnappers, um, <laughs> this isn't directed towards you at all, uh, but <laughs> I think you'll pick up on it. Um, to these young whippersnappers, they, they'll come up to me because a lot of them are gearheads, you know? Like, they're just like, oh, what about this new pedal? This new, oh yeah, what about this? And they're like, and then like, we're delaying practice for 30 minutes because I got to get the right compression setting on my compressor. Like, blah, blah. I'm just like, guys, it doesn't matter. Like, play your freaking instrument and let's move on because it's not about your compression settings. It's not about your perfect guitar. It's about making a joyful noise to the Lord and if he's the only one that hears it, that's what it's about. That's what the Lord had to tell me in this process. If no one else hears this, it's still music to his ears. So that now, whenever, whenever I'm up here, I'm never like, can you freaking turn me up? You do what you wanna do. This is for him. Like th this is all for him. So now, now I have the ability to carry a promise. So here, here's all that. Um, so long story short, I wanted to play piano because um, anyways, I was showing up early for guitar, but then like the worship pastor left and he was the piano player. And then like, they didn't have this piano player. And then they like brought in this person who like, oh my gosh, it reminds me of like Irma, but I, I, feel, like, I feel like her name was Norma. And she literally played like this, like, bum, ba -dum, bum, bum. do you remember, you know who I'm talking about? Like she's, it was like so classical and like so bouncy and like, and not like, not like worship, like, like, let's go, dude. Like, it's like, how great is our God? Like, which is great, but it's, she's playing like an organ. Um, and so like, I remember asking like, hey, like, I really have a heart to like, make this good. Like, can you like, can you let me loose on this? And you know what, like, and I'm just like this, super zealous 17 year old kid who just like got on fire with the Lord and is just like, oh my gosh, like music is just coming alive. Like it's this whole arena of worship. Do you know, like it shifts atmospheres. Like all this stuff is just coming alive to me. And I go up to my worship pastor, he's like, hey, I'd really love to play. I'd really love to like lead this band and like do it excellently. And you know what she said? No. I'm like, but why? <laughs> like, and so it was in that moment that the Lord took me on a process even more. Like, all right, so no one can hear you. Great, you're still doing it. Now nobody wants you, so shut up and sit down. Um, and so the Lord had to take me on a process there to where he rooted out pride and arrogance. To And it, you know what it took? It took, um, oh, I said it last time in my teaching, didn't I? but I'll say it again. It took someone with a pair of gonads to look at, look me in the face and said, I don't give a rip that you can play guitar. I just want your heart. And so what that does, it just shoots pride way out of me. Cause I'm like, oh, okay, my gifting doesn't mean anything. Like all he wants is my heart. And so now having submitted to that process for 10 plus years, I get to lead like a band and they're like incredible and it's fun. And it's like, 
the most promise fulfilling thing on the planet. And we get to go to the four or Spencer six every time, <laughs> every time. Um, but anyways, but it, it took, for those of you, that wasn't a bash. I mean, you can do a four over six and it's a really cool drive. It's, it's just an inversion, but anyways, um, I know. We can have a music theory course later. Um, oh yeah, Slane is a great piano teacher if you need it. Um, so say it with me. God is too good to give you a promise when he knows the promise will crush you. Let's say it again. God is too good to give you a promise when he knows the promise will crush you. Okay. So let's talk about a few people that went through process. Obviously, we already talked about the children of Israel. They were in process for 40 years because the generation couldn't submit to be changed to carry the promise. So an entire generation had to die, including Moses. Moses didn't even get to enter the promised land because he's part of this generation that couldn't shift in the process. He dead, okay? Uh, John the Baptist, okay? J the B, you know? Um, if you want to study someone who's just wild, zealous, like Nazarite to the core, study John the Baptist. He's incredible, okay? John the Baptist was in process for years before coming out of the wilderness. So he's in the wilderness for, um, I mean, how many years? Was it 40 years? Yeah? I don't know. I mean, don't quote me on that. I'm you mean the TV show that was made in 2019? And, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, in Veggie Tales, Moses didn't have a beard. Why does he have a beard now? Like, yeah, so he's, he's the same age as Jesus, but I don't know when he went to the wilderness. So he's less than 40, um, but he's in there for a while. He's eating... Uh, honey and uh, wild locusts, um, and he's wearing camel hair, you know. You can laugh, but I don't care. I'm wearing my camel hair. Okay, anyways. All right, Jay the Bee, he was in process for years before coming out of the wilderness. And so what's happening when John is in process is he's being refined so that when he comes onto the scene, this is what's, this is what's amazing. I, I think... John the Baptist is one of the most humble people that has ever lived, like bar none. So here's what happens. John the Baptist is the first New Testament prophet, okay? He's the one that's literally ushering in the King of Kings. Like not just like talking about like, hey, he's gonna come in 400 years. He's literally like being refined for decades in the, in the wilderness and then comes out of the wilderness and starts saying, hey, someone's coming whose sandals I'm not even worthy to unlash. I'm gonna baptize you with water, but he's gonna baptize you with fire. And his whole, his whole promise, John's whole promise was to hand over his ministry in a second. John spent years cultivating a ministry. He had thousands of people. Did you know people would walk up to 12 hours to hear John the Baptist? You know what they would do? They would walk 12 hours to hear John the Baptist turn to him and say, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And then they just walk away. He spent 12 hours walking to go get rebuked. That's, that's the anointing that John walked in. That's, that's the promise that he walked in. And then immediately 
as Jesus comes on the scene, he just hands over everything that he's worked for. There's like four, they, they said there's about four or 5,000 people that's following John the Baptist around all of, all of uh, Judea. Like they're just, they're just following him. And then as soon as Jesus comes on the scene, he says, that's the one, go on. And he just goes away. I mean, he gets arrested and then beheaded. That's John's promise is to hand over all this. Can you talk about the humility on that? You've worked, you've had, you've had a relationship with the father. And then as soon as Jesus comes on the scene, you're like, that's why I really think Jesus said, there's no, there's no one greater than John the Baptist that's walked this, this earth. Like, golly, like that's incredible. Um, Paul, not me, your boy. Um, after his Damascus experience, uh, he went into process. He's blind for days. Um, and, and here's the thing, without proper perspective, it's easy to think that God has blinded him out of anger because J- Paul has been persecuting the church for years. And so immediately he comes face to face with Jesus and what happens? He's blind. So he's like, this, this is how he was. I would know because I'm Paul. He's like, Lord, all right. Like, he's like, obviously I deserved it. Like, it, without proper perspective, it's easy. I'm sure he was like this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you got to wonder, like someone who could lit- literally see like their whole life and then can't, are they like, like, anyways, um, that's how I would assume a blind person. <laughs> so, but he's blind for days, but here's the thing. It's easy to see. It's easy. It would be easy for Paul to think that uh, God's blinded him out of anger. Uh, but if you see things as a son, everything is a process to a promise. And Paul would then go on to write 66% of our New Testament and many of the epistles that have just unlocked the kingdom in our lives. But none of that would have happened if Paul didn't submit to a process as a son or as a daughter for you ladies out there and really submit to the process. If he just hunkered down in anger and of like, God, this sucks. I just came face to face with Jesus. Now I'm freaking blind. Like, like, golly. Can you imagine like a ticked off Paul? But if you view things as a son, you see process as like a welcomed friend and not as, why do I have to do this? Oh, I can't believe I get to do this. This is amazing. Because process will always feed into a promise. Every time. If you submit to it and you dig your heels into it, and you really submit to it. You gotta give your whole heart to it or else you know what you do? You just keep circling and circling. I don't know what that is. Um, I, I know it's the infinity. I was talking about the song, guys. <laughs> circling and circling. All right. Say it with me. Lord, I submit. To the process, I refuse to come out of process prematurely. Surround me with wisdom and maturity to stay in the process. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Illuminate Knox.